Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton uh, from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. Thank you for being with me. Uh, good to be back. Uh, we took a week off. I took a week off with my wife, and we went down to the Red River Gorge in Kentucky uh, right after Easter. Uh, it's a beautiful place. I don't know if you ever heard of it or anything like that. It was new to me, but uh, definitely if you're thinking about a family vacation or a place to go and see some some of the beauty of God's creation, uh, it's definitely a good place to, to look into. Uh, on the weekly word this week, I want to take a moment to think about and to talk about confirmation. Uh, confirmation Sunday is uh, is this Sunday for us, uh, May 1st of 2022. And there, there are all kinds of attitudes and opinions about confirmation. Uh how long the program should be, this this time of training. It's really rooted in Matthew 28, uh, 19 and 20, where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. So we have this kind of this um, two-prong process uh, in terms of what it takes to make a disciple. And and, and they, they both work uh, together. It's not a, you have to have one and then the other you just have to have both and uh, and so here in the Lutheran Church we tend to baptize people when they're babies not that we don't baptize teens and adults it's just a matter of when when do you come to the faith when when do you come to that point in your life okay and so God gives his gifts in baptism whether it's to a baby to a child to a teen uh I, I've baptized people in their 80s, and, uh, and and it's a it's a blessed and holy moment, and God gives His gifts of His Holy Spirit in that moment, and so we are baptized, but then we're also taught, and we need to hear the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. Um, we hear in Acts chapter two, verse forty-two, that the first Christians were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to hearing Jesus' words proclaimed to us in the scriptures. And remember that Jesus says that the whole scriptures speak of him. So whether we're reading from the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, or the New Testament, it's really one, uh, one body, one scripture that proclaims Christ to us. And as we live in that faith, there comes a time where uh, sometimes we confess our faith. And that can happen in a whole bunch of different ways, and different church bodies handle this differently. But we have a, a rite, R-I-T-E, a ritual, those words are related, in, in which a, a person will stand in front of the congregation and confess their faith. Now, I, I want to be really clear. This is a tradition. This is a tradition that's created by people. Um, I know that some of my uh, my Roman Catholic friends are going to disagree with me about that, and that's okay. Um, we're kind of working from a little bit of a different uh, um, definition in terms of what these things are and what they're doing. Um, but for us in the Lutheran Church, we understand confirmation to be a ritual that is something that we invented. Not Lutherans, but people. Um, now, do we look at confirmation is something that is sacred? Yeah. Uh, is it important? Absolutely. 
Anytime somebody steps up and says, I believe in Jesus and that he is my Lord and my Savior, that is an important moment. And, uh, and thanks be to God for that moment. Now, is confirmation necessary? No. Is it essential? No. No, you, can, you could be a Christian without being confirmed. Uh, absolutely. Um, it, it's just this moment that we look to to say, uh, you have been taught the basic teachings of the faith, and we're recognizing that in your confession as you stand before people, as you stand before a congregation, a friendly audience, so to speak, in order to say, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so the way that, that we tend to look at confirmation is that it's an affirmation of your baptism. It's standing up and saying, yes, I am a child of God because of what God has done for me. That uh, I, I am recognizing this gift that God has given to me. It's saying I am forgiven because God the Holy Spirit has created faith in me to receive the forgiveness that Jesus won on the cross that reconciles me to my Father in heaven. And what a great and glorious thing it is to confess that salvation. Confirmation, in a sense, is it's embracing our identity, uh, our, our identity as a follower of Jesus, and saying that, that my life, my hope, uh, my forgiveness, my salvation, my very being is tied to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Uh, in the language of Romans chapter 6, you know, we were baptized into Christ's death uh, and we're also connected to his resurrection that we might walk in newness of life. And this is, this is kind of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in that newness of life. I'm living in that forgiveness every day. Now, in our church body, we tend to do confirmation uh, when a uh, young adult is in eighth grade. They're kind of finishing up their eighth grade year. Um, so right, right before they go into high school. And again, that's a tradition. And there are, there are pros and cons. You know, what, what's magical about eighth grade? Um, what, what's, what's mystical or magical or holy about being somewhere 13, 14, 15 years old? Um, nothing. It, it's an arbitrary date that was chosen. Um, it probably goes back to when eighth grade was kind of considered the end of your, your, your education, the end of your childhood. Um, and we don't live that way anymore. And I've heard arguments that say that we should confirm younger. I've heard arguments that say that we should confirm much older. It, it, I, I'm kind of ambivalent about that because as I look at this, I, I see you know God's spirit at work in the lives of, of people, um, whether they're young or they're old. And so um, it, it is kind of a mixed thing. And I think that it's good for us to recognize that um, because some of the things that were asked in our confirmation vows are really a big deal and they're, they're difficult questions for, for an eighth grader. I think that also part of this uh, used to be tied to receiving the Lord's Supper. I know that when I was confirmed, uh, end of eighth grade, it was the first time that I received the Lord's Supper. Um, again, that, that date, that age, it's, it's a tradition. Uh, there's nothing in the scripture that says when you're 13, when you're 14, that's when you can receive. 
uh, the Lord's Supper, what it actually says is, you know, we should be able to discern the body, realize that this is Jesus' body and blood, that we should be able to um, look at ourselves, be prepared to uh, investigate our lives, to confess our sins, because this is delivering the forgiveness of sins to us. Uh, you know, so this is, this is a meal for sinners. We need to know that we're sinners to receive this. Um, you know, so the eighth grade thing, again, tradition. Uh, and I think on the whole, a, a good one. It's a, it's a milestone in our lives. It's an opportunity to say, I'm becoming an adult. I think that that's more fitting with today's society. And I'm taking a, a bigger hand uh, in my life of faith in terms of my relationship with the congregation because really my whole life of faith is completely dependent upon the spirit and uh, the work that he is doing in me. And so our confirmands will stand in front of the confirmation. They're going to confess their faith. They're going to use the Apostles' Creed to do that. They're going to answer some questions. Do you not renounce the devil in all his works and all his ways? Yeah, I do because of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. They're going to make promises of faithfulness, faithfulness unto death, uh, that they would rather die than turn away from the Christian faith because their hope is in Jesus, the one who died and is risen. And so we place our, our confidence in him. And when they respond, you know, do you, do you prefer to die than to turn away from this faith? They will say, I do, by the grace of God. And catch those words, by the grace of God. Because that's, again, that dependence upon the Spirit and the Spirit's work in our lives. So I look at confirmation as a pastor, and there's a, I have a little bit of a mixed experience with this. Is there a good confession that takes place there? Absolutely. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus says, Whoever confesses me before men, I confess that person before my Father in heaven. And that is a good thing. But I've also, by experience, seen sad results in confirmation because many do not return after this Sunday where they stand up and they say, I would rather die than turn away from this faith. And I sometimes wonder why that is. Is it that our priorities are formed by the world? Do we place a low value on what we receive when we gather for worship? You know, do we really believe we receive Jesus' forgiveness? Do we really believe that we need the forgiveness and salvation that's delivered to us in Christ's body and blood and in the absolution? Is there an attitude of graduation here? You know, because we kind of make a big deal of it. People wear robes and all of that. Do we think I'm graduated, I'm done? A little bit of all of those things. I don't know. I suspect it's different for different people. And I also, I also think it's important to resist the temptation to look at the people who disappear after confirmation and um, kind of judge them. Um, I think it's important to look at this as an opportunity to look at ourselves. You know, when, when the kids get up there and uh, they make that confession of faith, it's a good time for us to think about what is our confession of faith? What is our relationship to those vows that, that we took ourselves? so that we can live in uh, confession and absolution in Christ's salvation. So when I look at what's happening in confirmation as a pastor, I really look at what's happening there with hope in the Holy Spirit's work. 
I look at those people standing in front of me, those young people standing in front of me, and I say, they are baptized. The Holy Spirit is faithful. He's done work in their lives. I, I, I see people who have received the Lord's Supper. They've received Jesus' body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine. And even if they walk away uh, from gathering with us for a period of time, I don't think that the Spirit has given up on them. Uh, I see people who they've heard the Word of God. They've spent time in class with, with me or with our director of Christian education, Bob, um, or with other teachers, with Sunday school teachers. They've been in worship. They've had conversations about the faith. Hopefully they've read some of the scriptures. I know, I know it was assigned. Um, and I believe that when God's word works in people's lives, it does not return empty. So I look at Confirmation Sunday and say, this is a good thing. It's a day to face with hope. It's a day uh, of realism. I know that there will be people who I will not see for a while. And that makes me sad. But at the same time, it's a day that, in a sense, we entrust these young people, even as we entrust ourselves, into God's hands to trust in him and to live in his forgiveness and salvation and the faith that he gives. So, Confirmation Sunday. Good time for you and I to look at ourselves, but also to rejoice in the Spirit's work in us and in others. So, God's blessings. Hopefully, I'll see you Sunday.